Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. I hope you're having a great day. Last time we talked about and made a pretty airtight case that the rod of God in the book of Exodus was also the rod of Aaron and the same rod was was the rod of Moses and we did that by especially going to Exodus chapter 7 and talking about both men and proving from verses 15 to 20 in Exodus chapter 7 that that rod was the very same rod that had been called the rod of God and both men both Moses and Aaron were using the same rod and we talk about the rod of Moses and the rod of Aaron that that was the very same rod and that it was of course symbolic of the authority of God that he had placed in Moses and Aaron we talked about how that in chapter 4 of Exodus when God called Moses to take that rod back to Pharaoh that he told him that this rod will do signs he called it there this rod and the rod of God and then those signs began to be performed so there was one rod taken back to Egypt that was the the rod of God the rod of his authority for today I want to take just a second and talk about how that and make an airtight case really this time that that rod and the hand of Moses or the hand of Aaron when that rod was stretched out when the hand was stretched out that that was the self same thing that the hand that stretched out and performed a sign was also the hand that was holding the rod of God and I think we can make a really airtight case for that if we look in chapter 8 of Exodus verse 5 and of course right here we're right in the middle of the plagues the signs the authority of God that was being just hammered into Egypt and into the head of the King Pharaoh there we get into Exodus chapter 8 verse 5 and we see there that God is commanding that the rod be stretched out let's read that verse and the Lord spoke to Moses say unto Aaron stretch forth your hand with your rod over the streams over the rivers over the ponds and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt so he's saying stretch out your hand with your rod in it but then in verse 6 it simply says Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt did he have the rod in it well necessarily he did because that's what God had just said then we look down in verse in chapter 8 verse 16 and we say see that it says the Lord said to Moses say to Aaron stretch out your rod and smite the dust of the land that it might become lice throughout all the land of Egypt then verse 17 and they did so for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth so when it says stretch out your rod or stretch out your hand God is saying the same thing but certainly the rod of God is involved just like rod, just like God had said it would be we look on down in uh, chapter 9 verses 22 and 23 and we're going to read here we're still in the plagues and it says there the Lord said to Moses stretch forth your hand toward heaven that there might be hail in all the land of Egypt now in verse 23 when Moses obeyed him it says Moses stretched forth his 
rod toward heaven. Is that the same thing? Well, obviously it is. Because later on, you know, when Moses decides to strike the rock instead of speaking to it, uh, and, and there's a discrepancy in what God said and what Moses did, we find that there was a great punishment for Moses. We're going to probably talk about that a little bit later. But right now, we see that God is approving everything that Moses is doing. Stretch forth your hand then means stretch forth that hand that has the rod in it. We look at uh, verses chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, and here we are. The, the Lord said to Moses, stretch your hand out over the land of Egypt for the locust. And then verse 13, and Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. This rod, this symbol of God's authority is very much in the hands of Moses and Aaron. So last time we established that it was one rod, this time we're establishing that when it says stretch out your hand or stretch out your rod, it is the very same thing. And we're, we're seeing the rod of God. And even in a sense, we're seeing the hand of God smiting the land of Egypt. When we get to chapter 14, verse 16, that's a very interesting passage. Of course, this is where they are going to cross over the Red Sea and we get to that chapter 14 verse 16 but lift you up your rod and divide it the sea that is and the children of Israel Israel shall go on dry ground through the middle of the sea and so he's saying lift up your rod and then he also says stretch out your hand in the self same chapter let's look at verse 21 it says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. And then we look at verse 30, and we see, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel, Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Whose hand was working here? Well, of course it was the hand of God, but we see in verse 16 that it was his rod, through um, he's talking unto Moses there and then we see in verse see verse 21 that it's called the hand of Moses Moses stretched out his hand uh, verse 26 the Lord said to Moses stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians this is when the waters were coming back and crashing back over them verse 27 and Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength so the rod and the hand are simultaneous and they are the same rod in chapter 17 verse 5 I have a really interesting passage here the people are uh, complaining because they don't have water they're saying why did you even bring us out of the land of Egypt and did you bring us out here to kill us and our children and our cattle and verse 5 says the Lord said to Moses they were getting ready to stone Moses it says and the Lord said to Moses go on before the people and take with you the elders of Israel and your rod wherewith you smote the river take that in your hand and go Whatever this rod was, Moses still had it in his hand. It was the self-same rod with which he smote the river. And I'm going to think that that was the river when it turned into blood. And it says there, you take that one and I'm going to stand before you in Horeb. 
and you hit the rock and water's going to come out of it that the people might drink. We have an amazing uh, rod following here. We can follow this rod all the way from the burning bush through the signs that were done, through turning into a snake, back into a rod, and doing that more than one time, and then this rod eating up the snakes of the magicians in Egypt. Going through all of the ten plagues, we have that rod playing a very powerful part, and then that is the same rod that parted the Red Sea, that brought the waters back together, the Red Sea waters back together. It is the rod that gave them water, in Exodus chapter 17 and in chapter 17 verse 9 then they were having to fight the Amalekites and it's very interesting we think about uh, Joshua and we think about Joshua holding up the hands of Moses there but let's let's look at that just a little bit more closely and then we will close out this section of our digabits for this month then came Amalek verse 8 of chapter 17 and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Here they're going to try to be victorious over a great foe, the Amalekites. But Moses is going to have the rod of God in his hand. I bet Moses was starting to feel a lot more comfortable when he had that rod of God, meaning he had the authority of God in his hand. In verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. I'm sorry, Joshua's the one fighting here. And Aaron and Hur are the ones that are going to be holding up Moses' hands. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Just go ahead and write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. So he built an altar there and called it Jehovah Nisi, for he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. You know what? We know that Moses had the rod with him. In all of the other instances in the book of Exodus, when God says, take the rod with you, and then Moses stretches out his hand, we know from the text that Moses had that rod in his hand. I believe Moses had this rod in his hand as they were winning this battle over Amalek, and I believe holding up the rod was what um, Aaron and Hur were helping Moses to do in Exodus chapter 17. I'm just going to give you just a little bit of what's coming up that I'm very excited about. We're going to go to number 17 next time, and we're going to talk about how that this rod finally... Uh, became victorious over those who were rebelling against authority by budding and where this rod was placed. We're going to talk about the different um, rewards that came as a result of respecting the authority that was was in that rod. We're going to talk about some of those and then we're going to make an important and biblical comparison of that rod to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a very interesting study. I hope you'll join us. Have a great day.
If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.